0: Morning. I did a message about something that was sort of impossible, the Bible says. It was that, and that was that it is impossible to go through life without being offended. And we had a conversation about how important it was to not let things steal your joy. Well, today, tonight, I want to talk to you about another kind of impossible thing. This one has a positive start. I mean, a positive finish too. I want to talk to you about how it is impossible for you to be cursed. And that in your life, everything that is happening is either a blessing or it's a blessing in the making. It's the ingredients for a future blessing. I want you to recognize that even your enemies are nothing more than stirrers of the ingredients for God's supernatural blessings in your life. And we need stirrers, even if we don't love them. You should all know, hopefully, Isaiah 54, uh, verse 17. It's very popular, but a lot of people just don't know where to find it. So tonight, you'll know. It says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that posts against you on Instagram, wait, sorry, this correction, And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. This powerful passage of Scripture reminds us that we should never be concerned as believers who have given our lives to Christ, whether we are cursed or not. That it is actually not possible for a curse to succeed or prosper or any weapon Emotional, spiritual, intended to pull you down. Instead, actually, our lives are simply blessings in the making. If I told you certain characteristics, like, for instance, that maybe I can't sleep uh, early. When I go to bed, I just lie awake for hours. I get a couple of hours of sleep, then wake up uh, the next morning early. My heart races sometimes. I've lost my appetite. One person might say, you're coming down with something. Another person might say, you're in love. There are similar ingredients, but the conditions matter. To one person, it's the telltale signs of the flu. To another person, something new has sparked in their lives. They've lost their appetite. Because they were so excited to be in the company of somebody new. Or they lie awake at night because they're doing that, you hang up, no, you hang up, no, you hang up thing. People don't do that anymore. They text now. Nobody actually, fo- it's texting. Good night, good night, okay, good night. Bye. see you in the morning. Okay, can't wait. The morning's so far away, can't wait. Blue tech, blue tech, blue tech. Heart emoji, heart emoji, sleeping emoji. To one person, you've got an illness. To another person, you're in a joyous season of your life. You wake up the next morning, you see who will be up first, only to type, good morning, as though your conversation continued through the night. Our perspective as believers should be similar in a way. No matter what's happening, it's God's way of turning it into a blessing. He works all things together for the good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. In fact, the Apostle Paul even said, The things that were intended to, for my harm, God has turned around for my blessing. He could even say that of himself being thrown in jail. He said, I know what they meant. They meant to hold me down. But while I'm here, I'm going to start writing. Did you know that? That threw Paul in jail so that the gospel would slow down. They were tired of all the preaching he was doing. So they thought, from jail, what's he going to do? We stick him in there with one or two thieves, no Wi-Fi, what'll happen? Well, Paul thought, I'm here, I've got time, I'll write. And so he wrote a number of books you might be familiar with. He wrote books like Romans and 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and Ephesians and Colossians and First and Second Thessalonians. And the longer they jailed him, the further the gospel went. And they thought, well, if we could keep him quiet, but now suddenly he's writing and it's being read in three or four or five towns, cities, countries, generations, all at the same time. You see, what was intended for your harm, God has a way of turning it around for your good. You've got to start to recognize and read everything in your life from the perspective that it's just an ingredient. Now, I don't love the ingredients. I love the results. I love this these pancakes. They are great. I can't wait for the end of the service so that I can pray over them and cast the calories out. <clears throat> I don't think that works. But I've at no stage in my life opened my cupboard and said, I just love flour. (laughs) The ingredient is irrelevant. You know, it just doesn't evoke any emotion in me. The product, though, does. You've got to start looking at your life as everything being an ingredient for something. And then to start to evaluate whether the ingredient is quality or not. You need to recognize that even the things done to you are just ingredients in something God is preparing. Excuse me. A little bit of that flu still there, making me sound like a man. (laughs) Wish I could keep that sound. One of the most powerful examples of this is actually a story in the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 32. It's the story of a man who wrestled with God. Some of you know the story. Jacob, who had a lot of issues in his life, eventually confronts, himself through a wrestling match in Genesis with God. And the Bible literally says that Jacob said, don't leave until you bless me. I want you to recognize that wrestling is just blessing in the making. At the moment, you're wrestling with your finances and they don't add up. But it's just a way of building the ingredients you need to live in financial blessing. Right now, you're figuring out relationship and identity, who you are and who you want to be with and where you want to go, and you're stressing about it. You're lying awake at night thinking, will there ever be someone for me? Or will I ever get rid of this someone next to me? Quite actually, you shouldn't be thinking that. If you are, oh, stop it. Repent here today. Whatever that stress is, right now, you think it's the most crucial thing. There are no good ones left, no good jobs left. It's not just relationships, no good houses left. People say this kind of stuff all the time. All the good property has been bought. All the good people are out and married with kids. All the good this, all the good that. That is not true. Your stress today is nothing but wrestling God's blessing into your life for tomorrow. I wish I had told myself to take it easy a little sooner in life as far as my anxiety and stress on how things will work out. I'm not responsible for how they work out. I'm responsible for responding to God in an honorable way and He will make things work out. I have desperately wanted things that weren't meant for me because they simply were too small for the plan that God had in mind given a choice, I would have picked the now and smaller, but God had a better plan for the later but bigger. And every now and then you have to allow yourself to realize it feels like a fight, but it's only because I'm fighting to receive my blessing. Don't misunderstand it and think that that means you're cursed in some kind of way. You're absolutely not. These Light and momentary troubles, the Bible says, are working for us a far greater glory. Stick to it. Persevere. Don't be discouraged by the idea that it's all a bit of a fight. Right now, I know some of you feel like every day is a fight. Like getting out of bed is, yeah, it's a fight. That Those days you have when you want to have cornflakes, and there's no milk. And you went for it with water. No, I know, I know. And you thought you could dilute the negative consequence with sugar. And now what you've got is a porridge not designed for human consumption. Maybe you've had those days, and I've seen a few of them on RG, people oversharing their, uh, are you Okay. There was a, some kind of an anointing up there. Uh, people desperately wanting to show people their food, they prepare a great plate, but in holding it up to the camera, it slips off and lands on the floor. And that, how that sometimes, like, our flexing is so big that we're still hungry. Maybe it's a fight. Maybe you've been trying to make your way through a subject at university, and you're in round two, and maybe it's round three, And you think the devil has possessed your lecturer. (laughs) And that's why the class average is the lowest class average. Listen, I've been around a long time. Do you know how many times I've heard the class average in this subject is the lowest class average in the history of all class averages ever? Not only have I heard it, I have heard those words coming out of my own mouth 20 years ago. I told my parents once that the economics lecturer was such a bad lecturer that the class average was like 36 and I was getting 38. I was above average. (laughs) Even while I'm failing, I'm above average. They told me, write letters of complaint. We wrote and wrote. Even still, that lecture is still there, I'm sure. No, I'm joking. There's, there, there's a prof here tonight, so I hope he does not relay that message to anyone. I, I, I know it seems like such a struggle. Maybe your struggle is with your self-identity. You can't look at yourself in the mirror and just smile. You look at yourself in the mirror and think, i got to do something with that hair. i got to buy a new one. i got to do something. Let me just explain something to white people. You don't. Let me just explain something to white people. You don't understand how big the wrestling for blessing is in the hair game space. You have. You have no idea. Hair is an economic investment of the level of a car. In some, uh, I'm just explaining something to you. Uh, that I only uh, rediscovered a few years ago. Uh, you just comb it this way, or the next day you comb it that way. For some people to do that, it is a five-hour, six-hour at a hair salon to e change direction. So, okay, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. It's enough now. It's enough. Okay. Or well, maybe your sense of identity. No matter what you do, you can't just. You just can't feel comfortable. You're wrestling. But I want to encourage you that you're wrestling down your blessing. It's intended to be that way. It's Jacob fighting. It's Paul in prison. It's Joseph coming out of a pit. It's Christ on a cross in the hopes and expectation of resurrection. Don't give up in the dark moments. They don't last forever. Uh, Sorrow lasts for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There's a real power in recognizing it's a, a blessing, a guarantee to everyone. You don't have to worry about whether... You're not quite living right to be blessed. Let me tell you why. If you don't live right to be blessed, you're simply adding another ingredient to the wrestling you're going to need to do until you get to your blessing. Nobody gets to escape the reality of building a blessed life. It doesn't just happen. You build it. You build it through internal wrestling. You know, Matthew chapter 5 has this great list that's called the Beatitudes. It's a list of a sermon Jesus made, preached on a mountain. And on it, he starts out with all these blessings. I want you to, in light of everything I've said to you tonight, think about the ingredient that's necessary for the blessing. It might surprise you that some of those ingredients are negative. But the blessing, the outcome is positive. Look at what it says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain and when he was seated with his disciples had come to him and he said to them, he opened uh, his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are ingredient, poor in spirit, inheritance for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Can you see how a broken ingredient can become a blessed outcome? He keeps going, blessed are those who mourn. A broken ingredient, for they shall be comforted, the presence of God. Blessed are the meek, those who feel intimidated or timid, for they shall one day inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. It means you have a deficiency. You wish for something that's not there now, but there's coming a day you will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know what this passage reminds us of is there's a period of time when your blessing is still being made that things don't look great. You take a righteous stand and somebody won't be your friend. Somebody won't walk with you or do business with you because you've taken a position. You make a statement for Christ, and somebody unfollows you, blocks you, or deletes you. For now, you're going through that season. But there's going to come a day when people will like you, follow you, invite you, partner with you, because you are righteous and you've made a righteous plan. You're building the reliability of a blessing in your life that will be necessary for an incredible miracle in the future. Of your life. Those who can't see it now, they're lost because God has a plan for a future that you're busy constructing right now. There's something really powerful about realizing I'm poor for a season, but I'm just building my blessing for the future. I'm a little intimidated now, but it's just for a season. I'm not comfortable now, but it's just for a season. I have a broken heart but it's just for a season. God is building something in my life for a supernatural favor and blessing in the future. You've got to get your head around this to realize that everything is either a blessing or a blessing in the making. Everything. Nothing is a curse that can be fruitful or productive over your life. It's impossible for any weapon to come up against you that Christ hasn't already dealt with on the cross. It's impossible. There isn't a a new strategy the enemy is going to come with. There isn't a new weakness you're going to invent. There isn't a new human condition. I want to do a series soon titled Only Human. And to prove that being only human is not a curse. God made you that way. He made you to feel He made you to get passionate. He made you to feel weakness, but also to feel bravery. God wanted that in us. Because when you put all those ingredients together, it turns you into something incredibly unique, a being that can choose to love God from the heart. There is no other created thing on all the earth that can choose to love or worship God from the heart. I mean, the animals declare the goodness of God, but not from the heart. Nature magnifies God's glory, but not from the heart. It's not a choice. No plant ever got up one morning and said, I wonder if I will open my flowers and shine for the sun. Can't make that choice. It's built in. But for each of us, the human condition is the privilege of being able to choose to follow God. That's the human condition. It's a joy, not a curse. I want to encourage you to be edified by the idea that everything's just in some stage of completion. It's not done yet. So don't be too discouraged. It might just be flour in the cupboard, but in a little while, it'll be a a good pancake. They're available after the service. Yo, man, I can't keep looking at it. That was wrong. I just, what I want to do is squeeze a little bit of lemon. Just, did you know? Did you know that? That's a thing. Take five home. And just put a little bit of lemon on the cinnamon sugar one, on the cinnamon, a little bit of lemon. Next level. Next level. I learned that from Afrikaans people, and they know how to do that kind of thing properly. Amen. I want to give you three simple Ideas on how you can switch your mindset from it's a problem or a fight or a wrestle to just a wrestling in the making. It's not a problem. It's a possibility. It's not the end. It's just an ingredient towards it. Now, three things I just want to leave with you on that. The first is, you know, you're shifting into blessing mindset if you can start seeing that God is at work. If you can see it, Matthew 13 says, But blessed are you, are your eyes, for they see your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you, the prophets, many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and did not hear it. If you could see God is already at work, you'll turn your attitude around from thinking nothing's going well, And start to see that behind the scenes, the mystery of the master is at work. You may not know it now, but God's preventing you from being in the wrong relationship. Preventing you from falling into the trap of unrighteous or unethical people. Right now, you might feel, oh, I really wanted to be in that crew. But God said, I don't want you to be in someone else's entourage. I want you to head your own. Quit following that's a very American word. Stop following people when God called you to lead them. If you can see he's at work, sometimes I'll admit I'm short-sighted. In fact, there's a passage of scripture in 1 Peter that says, if you don't keep adding to your faith, you become nearsighted and quickly forget what the Lord has done. Sometimes I forget what the Lord has done. I forget that just a few short years ago before the pandemic God had taken our venue and filled it with people ready to hear the gospel. And you know what that fills me with an awareness of? He who did it then is busy preparing to do it again. The miracle is just in the making. He's putting some raw ingredients together and compiling something. At some point, people will say, taste and see that the Lord is good. When did he make that? Well, he was making it all a while. you just got to look around and say, God is at work. Some people are so incredibly blind. Have you ever met somebody who's just doesn't see it? They can't see that somebody likes them or that somebody really doesn't. They can't tell when it's time to stop talking or time to please say something. They just can't see it. They're out of rhythm all the time. I hope I'm not about to say something for too long. But when you can see it, there's an explosion of joy when you realize, oh, God was busy all the while. I want to encourage you. God is busy. I know it looks like the ingredient now, but it won't be long. It'll be the final product. Secondly, you change your mindset from curse to blessing. Not only when you can see it, but when you get it. I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation with someone and no matter how many words you use, they don't get it. It's all about being teachable and receptive. Lord, I'm ready to receive from you. Jesus said to Simon Peter and Matthew when he asked them about who he thought he was. And Simon Peter said, you're Christ. The son of the living God. In verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also uh, say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Do you know what Peter did in that moment? He picked something up. He knew in his heart that Jesus was no ordinary man. Jesus was the Son of God. Do you know when you get it, That Jesus is the Son of God living in your heart. It changes your attitude. How can I be cursed if the one who is the author of all blessings lives in me? Who are you cursing? If you cursed it at me, it would fall off because he is in me. Doesn't the Bible say, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? It's just not possible for my life, to be held down by somebody else's intentions when Jesus is on the inside of me. Ah, Peter, you get it. God became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the power of the gospel. And then there's one more thing that'll change your attitude from this cursings to blessings mindset. And that is not only if you see it, get it, but share it. Don't be selfish during the process of the making of a miracle life. I used to think that if I give things away, I'll have less. But I've learned, if you give things away, you make room for more. That's a hugely different attitude. I've learned over the years to role model that, even in practical things, if I buy new items of clothing, something's got to go from my cupboard. My friends now know they hover like titsy flies. They do, they really do. They know he bought some items, so something's got to go. Have an attitude in your heart that I've got to always have space in my cupboard for something new. Giving things away, being a blessing, not just wanting to receive a blessing, is simply you saying, Lord, I've made space in the pantry for you to do new things. Sometimes people just won't. Won't try out new things, won't step into new seasons, won't go to a small group, won't get involved in serving in something, holding on tightly to a constructed life because you think it might just, just be perfect when, when you start giving it away, give your life away, you start making space for God to do new things. Look at a definition of a really spiritual person. Brethren, it's a heavy word, but the sisters are included. If a man is overtaken in any trespass, in other words, if you have a friend who's committed some sin, you who are spiritual, you should restore such one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourselves, lest you are also tempted. A truly spiritual person, a truly blessed person, knows how to be a blessing. It's easy to point a finger at somebody during their weakness and highlight it. It takes a real man of God or a woman of God to hide somebody while they're in recovery and to give them time to heal even from their own bad mistakes and to carry them to the cross and to take them into the room so Jesus can heal them. That takes a spiritual person. When you start thinking like that, you realize, I don't need to worry about whether I'm blessed or cursed. I can be a blessing. Isn't that a powerful thing? I'm not even worried about whether I'm blessed or cursed. All I want to know is, Lord, can I please be a blessing? I want to encourage you tonight that you can't be cursed. Everything is in the construction, the wrestling toward becoming a blessing. And if you really want to speed it up, learn to be a blessing. Can you say amen to that? Would you stand with me as we pray? Now, uh, sometimes uh, where's Brett? Uh, is Oh Vince? Are you are you on on Are you on? Because I I know he, he was here a moment ago, and oh he's got a gift. I mean, so do you. But but when he's a piano teacher. I mean, next level. Am I am I right? Am I, he's not going to talk to me now. I'll have to be a blessing to him. Hey Vince, I made two pancakes for you. I do want to take a moment to pray. My prayer will be for, especially for you, if you feel like you've wondered, why is there a fight all the time? Why am I wrestling all the time? Maybe tonight a revelation that wrestling is blessing in the making. Can you say amen to that? Oh, I get it, Lord. I see it, Lord. I'm going to be a blessing in the meantime, Lord. And maybe to just keep walking, the little turn it around. What was intended for my harm, he turned it around and made it a blessing. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you are our blessing maker. You turn things intended to harm us and you make them to our advantage. Your word says, that you make all things work together for the good to them that love you and are called according to your word, according to your purpose. Lord, thank you that our attitude needs to change. We are not cursed, we are just wrestling while blessing is in the making. Teach us to hold a strong line, a persevering attitude, and wait. Because in due season, we'll reap a reward. Thank you, Father, that we can have confidence that you'll turn every ingredient into something incredible. Blessed are we, highly favoured are we, as we follow after you. Tonight, Lord, I pray that every heavy attitude, every dark cloud, every internal struggle, every wrestling match will be lighter tonight with the realisation, my blessing's coming. He's turning it around. And I'll even say to my fight, don't leave me until you've blessed me. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving and worship?